everybody. Welcome back to Iron Diaries podcast with Matt and Chris, two dads, two kettlebell trainers, talking about nutrition and fitness for busy people. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Iron Diaries podcast or shoot us an email at irondiariespodcast at gmail.com and let us know if there's anything that you want to hear from us in future episodes. I'm Chris. I'm the Canadian part of the podcast duo. I'm a personal trainer and Russian kettlebell certified instructor with Dragon Door. I'm a registered holistic nutritionist and I'm based in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, the nation's capital. I operate a private home studio where I work with people of all walks of life, either one-on-one or small groups. I do workshops and I also primarily now I work with people over uh, live video and I'm a husband and I'm a proud father of three girls. And I'm going to pass you over to the American, Matt Vigansky. What's up, my man? Hey, man. It's good to see you again. It's good to be here again. I am Matt Vigansky, father, husband, RKC Level 2, and owner of Iron Stella Personal Training, which is a live video personal training brand based out of Bryson City, North Carolina. Um, when I'm not working, I enjoy grilling, hiking the trails of Western Carolina, and of course, swinging kettlebells. So today's topic was sort of handed down by years of questions from clients, really. You know, we're talking about kettlebell training and how it relates to to life. And, um, you know, let's face it, we're all children in some fashion and love to ask, you know, why will this benefit me in some way or fashion? You know, why do I have to do this exercise you know, why do you make me pick up these cast iron things and walk with them? Why do you make me crawl? You know, today we're going to draw parallels to tasks that you complete in everyday life. And, um, and of course, how the kettlebell will positively influence them and make you stronger. Um, it's an important question too, right? The why. We want to understand why we're doing these things. Everybody should know why. Um, and it all comes, I, I feel that it all comes back to the why that we're going to discuss today. Every, no matter what your goal, it all comes back to this why. Um, but you know, that, that's, that can be discussed, (laughs) but yeah. And, um, you know, you raised a really interesting, uh, point, you know, prior to us, uh, hitting the record button, you know, maybe we should ask why are we talking about the kettlebell? You know, and you, you talked about, go ahead, I'm not going to steal your thunder, but y- you mentioned something that was rather profound and it just sort of hit the the nail on the head. No, well, when we, when we started talking about, you know, how we were going to structure this podcast, it, it, it makes me think of, you know, functional exercise. Why, what's the point of functional exercise? And um, of course, the, the, the definition of functional exercise is, is subject to whatever you're training for. So, you know, a bodybuilder, bodybuilding style training is important for a bodybuilder, of course, because that's their, that's their, their, um, their goal is to get on stage and, and be in proportion and have big bulky muscles. But, um, the majority of my training for myself personally, and for, uh, clients, the training methodology I use, um, would be labeled sort of general, physical preparedness, right? So, and, and that's just being functional so that you can handle whatever life throws at you. So, um, 
that's where I see the, the, the greatest benefit in kettlebell training. Not only is it's, you know, super functional, it's going to get you ready for whatever life is, can throw at you and be more capable. Um, but you can get it done in, in relatively short, uh, short durations. And, you know, it's a space saver. I don't want to go through, we, we, we beat the, <laughs> we, we've been banging the, the drum of kettlebells, but, um, so, uh, basically, and I, I think I was telling you, like, I have a, I have an assessment that I put clients through generally every six months to a year or so. And I call it just the GP, their GPA, the general physical assessment or general, um, I have it here, general performance assessment. And we'll talk about some of the movements that I use in this assessment, but that's basically what we're talking about today. What are the things that you're doing with kettlebells that are preparing you for whatever life and nature, mother nature has to throw at you? Okay, so one of the movements that I use in uh, in my assessment form, and I'm sure you assess this movement as well in, in clients, Matt, is uh, an overhead position, either in a like an overhead kettlebell carry or you know a general military strict overhead press or even in the in the getup when we have the posted arm that position and that arm ends up overhead so we're always as trainers we're always assessing to see uh you know is the, is the client performing this exercise right and is it is it doing what it's supposed to do and strengthen that overhead position um so that that can carry over into a daily task that they might be doing and you brought up an example of, um, you know, uh, passengers boarding an airplane and they have to put their luggage up in an overhead compartment. That's a perfect example, right? But there's other examples, lifting stuff up onto shelves, um, yeah. all sorts of stuff. So that's a valuable movement that you can train with, uh, with kettlebells. It doesn't have to necessarily be kettlebells. You can do that with, you know, sandbags, dumbbells, but the overhead press is a valuable exercise. I agree. You know, Christmas decorations are always like one that comes to me also. Yeah. You know, so putting things up over your head is a functional movement. It's an everyday movement that we do every day. And like Chris said, the get up, the military press, push press jerks. Yeah. So all tie into this pattern. And if we want to go back to the why, why are we training, you know, maybe why are we lifting such heavy weights overhead if, you know, our, our carry-on suitcase is only, I don't know how many pounds, 30 pounds, let's say. So why would I want to ever have to lift a 50 pound? Well, the, the rule of thumb is you want to be like extra prepared for whatever life is going to throw at you. So if a 50 pound, I forget the term too, but if a 50 pound kettlebell, you can start to lift that rep for reps overhead then that 30 pound suitcase is not going to, is not going to um, pose any problem to you whatsoever. Right. And um, we can relate this back to even let's say um, gardening or housework, right? If you're picking up a laundry basket, if you're picking up groceries, if you're picking up um, a baby, a baby, <laughs> do, you, do you ever have to pick up a baby, man? <laughs> And he gets heavier, you, right? You keep feeding you him. You have three heavier. of them. Yeah. Well, luckily, I don't have to pick them up that much anymore. Although they do, <laughs> what they do now is they, they'll they still jump from the stairs and, and jump and, and jump into my arms. Or unexpectedly, I'll just turn around and one will jump and wrap her arms around my neck. So, But hey, 
I carry heavy things. I can lift heavy things. So I could take the brunt of, uh, you know, a 70 pound child coming at me and hanging off of my neck. So I'm, I'm well prepared <laughs> for that. Right. So very resilient. Um, another good one is, so I talked about how one of my assessments that I use in my assessment, um, uh, performance assessment is a, is an overhead carry, but I also use farmer carries. And I mean, farmer carries literally, <laughs> you know, if there's any farmers out there listening, you're carrying, uh, something in each hand, maybe something in one hand, if you're doing just a, like a one-sided suitcase or briefcase carry. But, uh, I mean, farmer carries have their origins in, you know, farm labor. Farmers are generally pretty resilient, strong people, manual labor. So you're carrying something in each hand, be it, uh, you know, a water bucket in each hand or um, grain or uh, I've worked on a dairy farm uh, and I, we, I would always carry one bale of hay in each hand. And, you know, I didn't have a gym membership back then. That was the gym. But, uh, but to train... Um, to be able to carry those, you know, 10 pound groceries, 15 pound groceries in each hand, we train loaded carries, um, with kettlebells in each hand, you know, and we just, we train either for, um, being able to lift heavy kettlebells and carry them a distance or even just lighter kettlebells and be be able to carry them a a further distance. It's going to strengthen your grip. Um, you're going to have to bend and hinge and lift that weight properly off the floor. So there's your, your deadlift off the floor, and then you're carrying it a distance usually there and back and all sorts of variations in between. You know, the, the carries, um, a client raised a question to me and they said, do you even do carries? Because I feel like they're like a, a break for me during my workout. And the answer is yes, I do carries. I love carries. There's some workouts where that's all I do is carries, variations of farmer's walks, suitcase carries, rack carries, overhead carries. Um, they They are a vital portion of the RKC curriculum, mm-hmm. you know, carry, hinge, squat, overhead press. And we can once um, again thank uh, Coach Dan John for for sort of popularizing <laughs> and making the carries a little bit more mainstream. But uh, yeah, so I mean, they are. I mean, all you have to do is change the weight, and it creates a whole nother uh, neurological response, as in making things harder. So yes, carries are a thing. Um. And carries and, hit everything, right? They hit it. Hit, it hit, hits every checks off every box. Um, like I said, you got to pick it up off the ground first, so you're you're loading your spine in a, in a safe way. Hopefully, if you're if you're executing a, a hinge and a, and a deadlift properly, you're carrying it. But there's different variations. And one thing about carries is one of my favorite stories growing up was the the myth of uh, or the legend of uh, Milo and the bull, where Milo would start to carry a calf, a newborn calf. And then as that calf would grow, he would carry that calf up and down the hill and it would just get bigger. So every time he carried it, it was a little heavier, it was a little heavier. And that's basically, you know, the whole story of progressive overload. Every time you do it, you do it a little bit heavier or a little bit further or a little bit of a different variable. um, And you just get stronger and you just keep getting stronger and more resilient, right? 
and posture, obviously, yeah. you know, improved posture is huge, you know, especially in older population, you know, it's, um, carries will, are definitely a game changer. Absolutely. So what else we got here? Um, looking through our lists. So Turkish getups, man, we've talked at length about Turkish getups in other previous episodes, but, um, you know, I know you use them quite a bit in your training with clients and I use them as, you know, with everybody, but, uh, the goal, especially for older clients is literally to be able to train them so that they, they can efficiently get off the floor, you know, if they ever fall and end up on the floor, find themselves on the floor, how do you get back up? What's a good, efficient way to get back up? And can you even get back up? Right. So, um, if nothing else, the Turkish getup is, you know, a safety precaution against falling, but making sure that you can get back up. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's scary to fall as an adult, you know? So I, I think the, for me, familiarizing yourself, you know, in, in the, you know, if you're older, familiarizing yourself with the floor is a, is a great thing. And what I tell my younger people, especially like in their fifties and sixties, like, you know, you do them now because mm-hmm. once you get into your seventies and eighties, you know, are you, will you be one of those people that walk in with a cane or are you going to bounce into the party that's, you know, at the nursing home mm-hmm. and, you know, there's light years between those two statements. Um, so really what you're doing now will feed into your, you know, later years and the, and the getups doing getups regularly are a great asset to your long-term, you know, strength, overall strength. And then of course, like, again, if we're relating it to real world application, if you're getting up and down to play with your kids, your baby, you know, if you're getting up and down to, to do some gardening, you know, you want to have the mobility in your hips. You want to have the strength to be able to get up and down repeatedly um, without getting tired or without beating up your, your joints and without feeling um, like you're in tons of pain the next day. Um, so we train, we train get-ups. One of the ways that I do, uh, that I assess get-ups is I'll use sort of like a, sometimes I modify the, the simple and sinister kind of program where we'll do, um, a hundred one-arm swings. Now, obviously a client has to be ready for something like that, but hundred one-arm swings and then a minute rest and, you know, uh, 10 get-ups for, uh, within 10 minutes. Um, now it doesn't always have to be timed or, or a specific amount of, you know, it doesn't have to always be 10 reps per side, but it's, again, it's just, those are two really basic movements, single arm swings, um, Turkish getups. Those are two basic movements that we can assess and we can see, are you getting stronger? Are you getting better? Are you getting more efficient at these? Can you do them, uh, in shorter time periods? Can you do more reps? Can you do heavier weights? You know, it's a good, uh, it's a good assessment protocol. And I like using that one. Um, I, I think you brought up gardening, you know, so that's sort of a, I think everyone could uh, relate to being on their hands and knees right now and picking weeds and, um, you know, being sore, you know, because we don't spend a lot of time on the, on the ground as an adult, but you know, if you're, if this is part of, if the get up is part of your training or even planks or push ups or even, um, a crawling. Yeah. 
you know, they all pretty much feed into the same thing. Um, you know, you're just going to build a more resilient body that could take the uh, Saturday uh, gardening adventures that, you know, you, you put yourself through. So if we're going back and sort of visiting the question of why, um, I'm a true, I'm a believer that, like I said, I think I said earlier on in the podcast that this, what we're talking about today should be at the very top of the list for everybody's why, you know, your why for, for working out and exercising should be so that you're more capable, um, at handling and taking on whatever life and mother nature has to throw at you. That should be number one, top of the, the list of whys. Now that's not to say that your whys might not, might not always also include, you know, um, weight loss or better stamina or stuff like that. But the better, the more functional you can, you can move first and foremost, um, the easier it's going to be to work on those other goals. So if you're listening and you're thinking, you know, I don't care about all these, I don't care about doing Turkish get-ups. I'm, you know, 32 and I don't, I don't think I'm going to ever fall and not be able to get up. Um, I just want to lose weight. Well, the get-ups as you start to load them are an excellent fat loss exercise to implement because of how metabolic they are. You're under load if you're, if you're loading them appropriately and doing them appropriately and you can do them, Rep, you can do repetitions. You can do them. Um, I like to do them sometimes unloaded for a minute each side in between exercises, just almost like an active rest for people. So super functional exercise. You're getting some mobility in. You're getting up and down off the floor. You're loading your joints and uh, and you're contributing to uh, all the other uh, goals that you're that you're aiming for. Beautiful. And crawls are kind of fall into that category as well. People, I know, I don't know about you, but I don't have anybody who likes to do crawls. Do you? You know, it's, it's one of those things where I think they have to experience a, a defeat in their life or something and it scares <laughs> them. And then they realize, oh, okay. Um, one client always comes back to mind. She's like, I could get up and off the, you know, up from the floor now. Like I was never able to do that. I'm like, well, I've been telling you all along, but you've yeah. just been fighting me, <laughs> you know? So I, you know, I think everyone just needs a little, uh, a little tough love in life and, um, just do them, you know, just get on the floor and move. I've had clients tell me, like I had a client who ended up having to save a relative's life who was, uh, he was, you know, a bigger guy and he wasn't, he was uh, flailing around in the water and, you know, potentially going to drown. And she ended up having, and she's not a great swimmer, she says, but she ended up having to save him. And she called me um, in tears and told me how thankful she was that she was, that she was so strong and resilient because she knew that, you know, years prior before we started training, she knew that she wouldn't have been able to do what she did. And uh, I told you about well, another example of a client that I had who was a, a vet tech and, you know, they're lifting animals, sometimes dead weight, right? If the, if the animals uh, euthanize or not euthanize, that's not the right word, sorry, but uh, <laughs> anesthetize, I guess, but, or possibly euthanize. I don't know what they do in a vet, vet clinic, but, um, you know, and we would do deadlifts and we would do swings and we would make sure that she was, you know, good and solid and was able to lift things off the floor and carries um, because 
sometimes she has 50, 60, 70, 80 pound animals that she's got to lift up onto um, the examination table or whatever. So there's, we could drone on and on and on about the real world application of training these movements, but, uh, but we won't. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so, you know, the big thing is, you know, I, I pick things up and I put them down, you know, the deadlift and the swing and carries, you know, if they're not in your, uh, if, if they're not in your program right now, put them in your program. Absolutely. Absolutely. Grip strengths, all that good stuff. Did you, I'm going to throw something, uh, throw a curveball at you, Matt. Go ahead, buddy. So you've, you've spoken at length before about, um, your weight loss journey. Were you using okay. these movements during that time as well? You know, it's interesting that you, you bring that up because, um, I was doing more Olympic lifting Okay, because it sort of just tied into my career post football. Okay. I'll, I'll call it that in college. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I wish I knew what I know now, yeah. you know, back in 2005, you know, because my, the training methodology definitely would have changed, but you know, I, I, I'm trying to preach to my, my nephew who is a, he's going to be a sophomore in high school. And I'm like, and I think he sort of looks at kettlebell swings as a, um, a downgrade, I'll call it. And I'm like, dude, everything about the sport is, is explosiveness, you know, fast twitch muscles. And that's what the, the swing, you know, caters to. And is he playing football? Just like, he's playing football. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm like, dude, your conditioning is just, it would be unreal. But, you know, it's just like anything. Um, you know, you, you wish you, you could have made the same decisions back then, but you know, I just, I view the whole process as a, you know, as a learning experience and the years of, of training and, working with clients and going to seminars and clinics, you know, really got me to where I'm at right now. So, you know, it is what it is. I was watching a video earlier today with, um, I think it was a group of wrestlers and they were doing, they were working with kettlebells, um, Bulgarian sandbags and some other tool. I don't even know what it is. I'd never seen it before, but it was a similar kind of odd object kind of deal. And man, I was watching their session, and I thought the, the their opponents are in for <laughs> are going to be in for a big shock when they meet these guys who are you know throwing kettlebells around and throwing sandbags around and stuff like that. Like it's just it gets you so well prepared for sport. And we're all athletes, you know, we're all athletes out there in the real world. And maybe your sport isn't uh, isn't a traditional sport, and it might just be chasing kids around. We'll call that a sport, but. Um, whatever it is you need to do around the house at your job, workplace, um, or for fun, you know, um, your training should just get you better prepared for that. So grab yourself a kettlebell or two and get to work. Good luck right now. Finding a kettlebell. Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Jugs of water work though. 
Absolutely, yeah. Um, do you get any? Do you get an iron tip for these people? Um, yeah, I'm going to go back to the the general performance assessment that I do with clients. And uh, you know, if you're not working with a trainer, and you, um, you know, and you're looking actually, if you if you want to, feel free to reach out to me, and I'll be I'll uh, be happy to share. Um, what the criteria is for, for my specific assessment, but choose movements that, um, that you, that are measurable and that you can assess. And like we talked about earlier, the, the carry, imagine, you know, picking up two kettlebells or two weights of any kind, and then just like walking down the street and measuring your distance. And then as soon as you can't carry them anymore, you put them down and then guess what? You got to bring them back. Right. So right there, you've just given yourself a pretty general assessment of, you know, what your grip strength is like, um, you know, what your overall um, general strength is like. The next time you want to, you know, and then you can start training that and you can start, you can say, okay, well, I carried, uh, I carried these weights hundred feet and hundred feet back. Uh, now I'm going to work it into my, my training regimen and I'm going to carry them 50 feet uh, every other day um, five times. And then eventually you're going to find that, well, these are weights are getting too light. So I'm going to increase the weight or I'm going to increase the the time, or I'm going to increase the distance and then gradually just keep increasing something. And then six months down the road, you reassess with that same, uh, those same weights that you did before. And Hey, guess what? You just carried that same weight, you know, 500 feet as opposed to hundred feet. So pick something that you can assess and always make sure that you're you're moving forward. That's my tip. I love long, it. Long winded really as good. usual, but that's that's my tip. It's really cool. How about you? You know, I'm going to go with a uh, a mental thing. You know, it's it's so easy to harp on, you know, where you're at right now. But the big thing is, you know, reflect on where you started. You know, think about your strength on day one. Think about. Um, your confidence on day one compared to where, you know, you're at in your training right now. And, you know, never lose sight of that, you know, access this when you're, when you're frustrated, um, when you don't want to work out, you know, when you feel broken and, you know, go talk in the mirror and give yourself a little pep talk and, you know, try to, try to push through. And like I said, you know, don't, you know, always reflect and, you know, be fortunate and, um, be easy on yourself. Good tip. That's what I have to offer. Good mental tip. All right, buddy. I think that's it's it. It's been fun. Take As it always, easy, Chris. Yeah. Take care. It's been fun. Bye. Cheers.